someone with homelessness is not ripped up clothing. They're not a smelly person. You know, they're not someone who's, whose hair isn't brushed. Like, no, they don't look homeless because homelessness can be anyone and it can affect anyone. They may look like you and I. everyone hope everyone's had an amazing holiday season i know it's been tough this year but i'm so proud of us for making it through and i really hope everyone's staying safe and healthy the holiday season is you know usually a fun time when you connect with friends family and it's just a really joyous time obviously this year it's been a little tougher but during this time i always think about what i'm grateful for and i reflect on myself and I think of ways that I could become a better person and a better member of society and throughout the years something that I've been very passionate about has been spreading awareness and advocating for the homeless issue we have in our city and not only is this an issue in our city but it's an issue in all of Canada. I don't know if you guys knew this but there's approximately 235,000 people a year who become homeless but I could only imagine that it's increased significantly since COVID happened. And I feel like it's something that's not really discussed and often I see when walking down the streets of Toronto just people passing by homeless people without really giving it too much attention and not realizing the gravity of the situation. And I think a large part of it is that a lot of people are desensitized to this and I think it's way too normalized and that's why I wanted to talk about it and talk about the stigma and for today's episode I invited a very special guest her name is Lara McLean and she is the founder of an initiative called Every Day is Homeless Day and with this initiative Lara not only educates on homelessness but also raises money and fundraises to help different charities in our cities such as Haven Toronto and Women's Habitat of Etobicoke Like I mentioned, this is something I'm also very passionate about, so I'm so excited to have Lara as a guest and open up this conversation because I truly feel like it's one that we don't have enough. So get ready for an informative and powerful discussion with the amazing Lara McLean. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for coming. Please tell us a bit about yourself and what got you so passionate about the homeless issue in Canada, and a bit more about your background. So I'm 22 years old, and I've grown up in South Mississauga kind of area, Toronto, GTA. And I started Every Day is Homeless Day when I was 13 years old as a tool to promote the issues that are happening here. Because oftentimes, like I found at least growing up, a lot of work that's been done has obviously been abroad. And these issues are prevalent. So I was glad that there's places that did that. But oftentimes I would look around here, especially in Toronto, and now it's moving everywhere. But I saw how many homeless people were on the streets. And from a young age, I was like, this is not right. Like we have these cold winters, there's snow, there's no place for them to go. And that's kind of when I created Every Day is Homeless Day, just to bring awareness to these issues that are here and and not just kind of abroad, although those issues are are definitely highly prevalent. Yeah, I guess there's a misconception maybe like when people think about North America that everyone in North America maybe is wealthy or doesn't 
suffer from poverty or these kinds of issues. So it's definitely good that you actually thought about that at a young age. When I was 13, I was playing Neopets. So I mean, literally, I think it's amazing to help other places. But I also think that there is some things that need to be done here. And I'm a firm supporter of providing relief to people that need it. But it's also like, Canadians need it as well. And so does, you know, many people around the world. So I'm kind of like these places that I'm seeing all of this poverty is like a 15 minute drive from my house. And I've, I've always been like, I donated to global policy type charities because I think that they're great. But I'm also like, you know, at least at the time, like when I was 13, obviously I didn't have like a MacBook, like I wasn't doing research, but I was more so seeing things with my own eyes. And I thought, I don't really see anyone doing much for the people down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see a little cup or something with, you know, and I'm putting like a dollar in there and I would bug my parents every day. I'm like, give me some money. Like, you know, let me put it in in their containers. My parents are like, listen, like we want to put it in their containers too, but like, it's going to be to a point that like we're broke. And I'm like, well, if you're broke, then this problem is bigger than I thought, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. That's definitely like where it started. I think the travels that I, I got to go on with my parents was a big part of that because it made me realize that when, when I returned home, the poverty that I was seeing there is, you know, even though it's different in terms of climate, I was in the tropics, for example, in Costa Rica. But when I came back here, it's winter and I'm seeing people like literally with a sleeping bag and a backpack on the streets of Toronto. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, I thought we were in the first world country, like they tell you, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like, I can't even bear being outside literally for two minutes. Like- I can't do it. So I can't even imagine the conditions that these people have to deal with. And on top of that, like it almost is alarming how desensitized people are to this. Like they'll literally see someone laying on the ground and just walk by them like it's nothing. That's a person. What if that's your like brother, your dad, your uncle, or it could be a woman, like whatever. You're just walking by as if it's normal when it shouldn't be normal. And I see it like when, every time I go down there, there's not one time I don't give to someone. And it gets to a point where I'm like, I literally have like no money in my wallet. I'll give them like $10. Like if I have a $10 bill, I'll do it. And there's times where even obviously now we can't do it. But when we'd be going to concerts or, or sporting events downtown, for example, mm-hmm. and like obviously this isn't just a downtown issue. Like I see this stuff everywhere, but there'd be someone like sitting there after a game and, and they're just, they just look so sad. And I'm like, I just went to a game. This person's sitting here like in desperate need and I will go out of my way. Like there will be a huge crowd and I will like go through the crowd just to give them them something. And that's kind of where like the name of this campaign came from. Like people always ask me, they're like, 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 where did you come up with like every day is homeless day? And I always said to myself, I don't want this to just be something that I do once a year. I don't want it to be something that I do once a month. Even if I can't give every minute, I want this to be something that I advocate for. And I want it to be, you know, something that I do like today, tomorrow, and then every day after that. And so that's kind of where Every Day is Homeless Day came from, because this is something that even if I'm not making a social media post about it, like today, for example, if someone comes to me, you know, inquiring about something or someone has questions, like I will go out of my way to stop and have a conversation with them about it. Right. You know, and the stigma and all these things around it that, you know, I know you and I will talk about. It's like, of course, there's things that we have to, there's mindsets that we have to change. And and a lot of it, like people don't realize a lot of it is ignorance. And just like there's ignorance with, you know, all different types of social justice issues. This is another one. 
Yeah, I mean, it's always easier to close your eyes and just not do anything and pretend it's not there. If it's not affecting you, it's easy to just put it aside. But when it starts affecting you, that's when you start paying attention. But that shouldn't be the case. It speaks volumes to what kind of person you are. And I really appreciate that you're doing this because it's something that I'm very passionate about as well. And I think that more people should be because I think it's not just their individual problem. Like homelessness isn't just the person's problem. I think it should be our problem as a community because we fail as a community. Like the system failed these people somehow, or maybe not even just the system. They could be going through a plethora of things that could make them homeless. And I think there's so many misconceptions around why people become homeless. And that's the problem. And some of the people that I've worked with and some of the clients that I've met, they come from all different walks of life. It's not just someone who is lazy. That's like one of the biggest misconceptions that drives me like up the wall. Just because they're homeless doesn't mean that they're lazy. I think that that's a big thing and I'm tired of hearing it. And it's that's kind of like one of the main things I advocate about. There are so many people that I've met, like there's war veterans, there's businessmen, there's athletes, like professional athletes. There's all different types of people from all different like walks of life. And, you know, like I was reading articles about how even people like Sylvester Stallone, he was homeless in the 70s. People, I feel like people always think like, if you're going to end up homeless, you never had anything in life and you're this and that. And it's like, no, that is not the case at all. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people like to say what those facing homelessness need or they like to say who they are as people, but then none of them ever, you know, even have a conversation with someone who's homeless. They'll drop money in a thing and then they'll walk away. Exactly. And I like, I understand to some degree, like maybe they're facing some mental health issues and maybe it's not always safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like, I think that there are a lot of misconceptions. I already knew some reasons why people could be homeless, but I also researched it. Mm -hmm. So for those listening that maybe have a bit of bias, we're not trying to demonize you or anything, but If you're open to learn, then that's like the best thing you could do is not be ignorant to this issue and like the reasons. So basically a few reasons why homeless people are not only just homeless, but why they can't get jobs that I researched were for many reasons. So first of all, many are disabled, either with mental or physical disabilities, and they ended up on the street because they didn't get the care they needed. Some of them have bad credit scores and many employers do credit screenings. So when you're homeless, your credit score is obviously going to suffer no one's going to really hire you. Also, they don't have addresses and most employers require bank accounts, addresses and things like that to set you up to get paid. And also many homeless people don't have reliable phones. They don't have access to emails, computers and things like that. So it's very hard for them to even communicate. Also, you have to look good when you do an interview and you have to be dressed nice and look presentable. And obviously this may be hard for a lot of them. There's some homeless people who are young or like their parents died the foster care system maybe like failed them or they ran away or there's so many different reasons and of course there's also people who suffer from addiction and that might play a part but instead of helping them we just kind of put blame on them that they're addicted to something when this is something that they can't always help or control and it's very hard to get rid of an addiction think of how hard it is to not drink coffee in the morning like for me that's extremely hard and that's obviously not a a major addiction that causes a lot of harm but it's still an addiction so These are just a few of the reasons why they can't just get a job. And I think it's like, even just like based off of what you're saying, like there's so many people that struggle with mental health issues and we need to end the stigma with mental health as well. And there's so many important things that people are doing, like, you know, with like Bell Let's Talk Day and, and so many things right now to help bring awareness to this. But there's so much more that needs to be done. And I feel like oftentimes, like we talk about mental health, but 
when we realize that those facing homelessness also have mental health, I feel like the, you know, the, the discussion kind of shifts or, or the mood changes. And I feel like what I've seen in the past, and maybe this is just what I've seen from some people I've, I've been around is like, if we say that someone with homelessness is experiencing mental health, people automatically think that like they automatically equate it with someone who's like flying off the handle, you know what I mean? And like could attack them and things like that. And that is ignorance right there. I feel like these are kind of, they're just like stereotypes, obviously. Yeah. And um, that's something that I like to bring awareness to. And it's something that I'm always working to bring awareness to. It's not just about getting donations for me. It's about being a voice for those who who no one's listening to. Yeah. And even myself, I struggle sometimes with anxiety. I've been depressed before and I just know how hard it is to sometimes be motivated or get things done when you're in that spot. So like imagine these people, they don't have any like friends or family around them. They don't have anyone encouraging them. And it's so easy to just get deeper and deeper into that black hole where you just don't want to do anything. So, I mean, it, it is a lot tougher. And obviously there are some that do suffer from like major, major mental health. Yes. And you could tell, like you could tell if that's the case. You know what I mean? And no one's saying you should approach them or like have a direct conversation. If that's not something you're comfortable with, that's fine. But there's even small things that you could do. And I know that a lot of people think if I give them money, they're just going to use it on drugs or things like that. I mean, if you don't want to give them money, that's fine. But like, that's always the risk you take with donating. You you have no say in what they use the money for. All you could hope is that they use it for the right thing. Okay. If you don't want to give them money, maybe just go into a Tim's and get them a meal. Exactly. you know, something that another, like one of the places that I, I'm partnered with Haven Toronto, like something that they've done and, and in campaigns that they've promoted, they actually put together $5 gift cards and, you know, they'll encourage people to buy gift cards. So then they can hand out gift cards instead of um, money. And be- the reason why it's $5 is if you keep it low, they'll use it. And oftentimes when you, you know, this is not everyone, obviously, but if, you know, a balance is like $50 on a gift card, they might go and sell it. Yeah, that makes sense. Instead of use it for themselves. Exactly. And need be like if they need another a different need, like maybe their need that day is, you know, toiletries, like if they want money for that. But that's the thing. Not everyone knows where the money is going to be used. And and that's like with anything. If you give money, maybe it's not going to be used for the right thing. But it's the same when you give to certain charities, like their charities that people don't even realize take 50 percent of proceeds at the time that's being used for, you know, high up executives. So it's kind of, if you think about it, it's not far off. It's the same thing. Yeah. And I think a gift card is a really good alternative. Um, I think that's one thing. Another thing, I usually buy food. So that's kind of like my go-to. Like if I see a homeless person, I'll go into a Tim's. I'll go into like, I went to into a grocery store before. I bought a whole rotisserie chicken <laughs> and like a dessert and like potato wedges and all that stuff. But like sometimes I do worry, like what if this person's like allergic to this? What if they're lactose intolerant, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I try to like buy the most basic thing or sometimes if I feel comfortable asking, I'll ask them what they want. But like, I don't suggest that for everyone because again, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't want to put yourself in a dangerous situation. But even like if you go out and you could just carry a water bottle with you, that's something else I do. I carry an extra water bottle. So when I see a homeless person, I'll just leave it there beside them. Like that's just another thing. You have to think about it as well. Like people may not be as inclined to even go up to someone, not even just because of that, but it's COVID. Yeah. So this is something that I'm experiencing and that's why I've kind of just put together like another campaign um, just to create almost like I called it Canadian winter survival kits just to get access to necessities. And and because, you know, of COVID and everything, um, partnering with Haven Toronto, 
they take brand new items. And I honestly totally agree at the best of times. Um, especially when obviously like with toiletries and stuff like that, like please do never give used. Yeah. Uh, even if it wasn't like, COVID. Like there are people too. Like if you don't want to use a yeah. used thing, don't expect them to want to either. Exactly. But in terms of like right now, it's it's so nice, I feel like, in this season to give someone something new, even if it's like a hat. Because it's almost like a Christmas present to them or if they don't, you know, celebrate Christmas. Like it's just something for the holidays. And I think that they're often really grateful for that. So this is something that I like to promote as well. It's like, I do not take monetary donations. Like that's just something I've decided to push forward because oftentimes people, you know, it's that same thing where people want to know like how I'm using the money to get them what they need. And in this case, I just like put together what they need. And if someone donates, I give them full recognition if they want it, you know, unless they want to be anonymous and I'll tell the charities who donated. And it's a great way to kind of give back and also feel like you're doing. And because I have a relationship with them, especially even now, especially now because of COVID, like they, they don't just let anyone into these places. Mm-hmm. So I kind of facilitate that. Like I'll, I'll bring the stuff to them or they'll pick it up or whatever. But the fact that someone's been nice enough to donate and I, I give them full credit, like I'm not one of those people to, you know, take someone's donations and then be like, oh, this is great. Like everything's from everyday's homeless day because. So, yeah, of course. I'm so grateful that people are donating because it, then it shows that what I've been promoting, like the facts, the statistics, like they all grow. And I always tell people one of the facts is that at least 235,000 Canadians become homeless every year. And whenever I tell people that they're shocked. Well, it is a shocking number. Yes. And I actually gave a presentation last night for um, a church and, and for the, the young kids there. And they were almost like, I could see them, you know, in the corner of the call. And when I said 235,000 Canadians become homeless every year and 50,000 experience hidden homelessness, they're almost looking at me like, what? Like, what kind of number is that? Like, that's extremely high. And they were shocked. Yeah. Um, I could ask someone who's 50 and they would still be shocked. Um, so like when I, when I read statistics too, it, it kind of helps me as well realize just how out of hand things are. And I'll be curious to see how much higher these numbers become in the next year or so, given the circumstances. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like how many people couldn't afford to pay rent this year because of Corona, because their companies are no longer in business or they got laid off and there is CERB and things like that. But again, sometimes that's not enough. And there's so many people that got kicked out this year and had no place to go. Yeah. Um, And these are regular people like you and I, they're not drug addicts maybe they don't have mental health issues they're just literally regular people that are now in that position exactly and this is something I always stress to people and I was I was even saying this last night um in my presentation but it's that they may look like you and I I feel like this is another one of these like stereotypes it's like someone with homelessness is not ripped up clothing they're not a smelly person you know they're not someone whose whose hair isn't brushed like Homelessness can affect anyone. It can literally look like someone who's carrying a purse down the street. That's the thing. It's like, you don't know what someone's going through. And I remember like, I would volunteer at food banks and people would come in there. And, you know, all of us are guilty of this. When I was young, especially even when I first started, when you're young, these stereotypes are like engraved in your head. You ask questions that now I would never ask. Like, you know, this person, like they don't look homeless. And I've heard people say that to me too, even that are older. And when you're a kid, you say things like, obviously you don't mean, but now I I start to realize like, no, they don't look homeless because homelessness can be anyone. 
and it can affect anyone. And it's not something that people like to advertise. Like my grandfather experienced homelessness when he was younger and he uh, like was couch surfing. So he was kind of a part of hidden homelessness. Hidden homelessness is kind of, it's, it's kind of within the name, like you don't, it's not something that you necessarily see. So this could be someone who goes to a food bank or is couch surfing with friends. They're kind of living in their car. So they're not necessarily like on the street. Okay. That's kind of like the main point behind that. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather, he experienced hidden homelessness. So he was like couch surfing and he was living with friends until he could kind of get on his own two feet. And then he had um, someone he knew. I'm not sure if it was a friend or like someone who just knew of him or something. They gave him a loan. And with that loan, he created a company called Loretta Foods. It was in Toronto, a spice company. And um, it literally like took off and he became, you know, successful. And what I love about what he preached pretty much is that no matter how successful he became, he was always about being kind and compassionate and he never forgot where he came from. And so that's another reason, like kind of why I got inspired to start this because it's something that, you know, it's been in my family and a lot of people don't even know that. And if they met him, you know, he passed away, but if they had met him when the the company took off, they would have never known. Right. It shows in who he is as a person. And so I'm always about kind of like, no matter who you are, like I never judge and I don't like to judge. You know, obviously at times everyone's guilty of, you know, judging here and there. But now as I get older, I'm all about just being kind to others and helping others. And so if I see someone is like, even if it's like a dog, like if I see an animal even that's like being mistreated or or someone who's literally cannot have access to like basic human rights, it literally bothers me forever. I'm like, this needs to be solved immediately. And that's why I kind of, I push to, to do things. And like, if I see someone who just has this look on their face of almost as if they've lost hope, it makes me want to break down in the middle of the street. Like I could be in the (laughs) the middle of like queen street and I would be ready to cry. Yeah. I could actually relate. I'm really similar in that sense. I'm just like super empathetic. And when I see someone like that, it also kind of like makes me tear up a bit. And in terms of your grandpa, thank you so much for sharing his story. I'm so sorry he went through a hard time like that, but I'm really happy that he was able to come out of it and create a successful business for himself and just turn his life around. And I know we hear stories like this sometimes, like there's a lot of celebrities that have had come up stories, but unfortunately, even though this can happen, it's not common and it's not something that happens often and it's because sometimes some people don't have that drive or they don't have good luck or they don't have people supporting them it could just be a variety of reasons but there are people who unfortunately their happy ending doesn't really happen like that and they need a little bit more help exactly not everyone is given a loan or not everyone is given that you know that piece of hope or has that opportunity and there's people like there's that youtube video hope and that's what haven toronto did and it's just clients and they're they're saying their stories and you know they're saying how if you don't have hope what do you have and that is so important because it's like think of us like sometimes we go through such a hard time and even if it's something small and we'll almost like give up hope it's like if you you know, give a presentation for work, for example, and it turns out to be horrible. You're almost just like contemplating. You're like, am I even a good employee and things like that? The stress that that those facing homelessness have is like, 
that one person that goes up to them and puts money in their cup and doesn't say hello could be that last piece of hope that they were holding on to. Exactly. It just goes to show even one person can make such a big difference. Because I know a lot of people are thinking like, oh, I, if I do something, it's not gonna make a difference. But that's not true. Like, you don't know, like your act of kindness could maybe save that person from suicide. You yes. never know the impact that you have. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like that one nice comment that you say to someone. And this could- is not even just about homelessness. This is about like anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Just like being kind in general, as like exactly. human to human. <laughs> Exactly. Like you don't know what someone's gone through that day. They could have had a bad day at work. They could have had a bad day with their family, their partner, whatever the case may be. I always try to be the nicest person I can be because you just don't know what someone's going through. And even if I'm going through a tough time, like, you know, whether I made an error with work or if I, you know, like anything like that, I still try to bring a positive attitude and I feel like it shows. So even with this, it's always like, I always like to approach someone. And and this is something I always say, like, if you're going to put money, for example, unless the person's like sleeping on the street, but if you're going to put money in their their cup and they're looking at you, there are so many, you know, people that have faced homeless that I've spoken to that are like, if someone even just says, hello, have a good day, they feel as if it's like made their year. Exactly. You don't get to talk to anyone. Exactly. Like, these are things that we don't even think about. Yeah, it's so true. One time I was in the streetcar and this old man started talking to me. It was a little annoying. Like I didn't want to talk to anyone that day. He wasn't homeless, but regardless, he was like a senior citizen. And then he was telling me, I'm so excited. I haven't talked to anyone in months. You're the first person to actually talk to me. And like, I could just tell how happy he was just to talk to me, even though like I was engaged, but I wasn't like a hundred percent. Like I was so tired from work and whatever. But like I think me talking to him and having a conversation made his day. And I never yeah. saw him again. But it, I just felt good that like, hey, like you know what? I didn't lose anything. I was on the streetcar. Like, I wasn't doing anything. You know what I mean? Like time was passing. Like why not make this person's day? Exactly. And we're such a. I think our society we're so go go go. And oftentimes we don't stop and reflect. And that one conversation, like that person could have been going through the worst day of their life and you just made their day. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like if we think of life in that kind of perspective, whether it's homelessness or not, if you're just nice to people that you're around, I think that it's life-changing. If I see people, like I'm the type of person too, like if someone's being you know, negative towards me or rude, I take it as, you know, maybe they're going through something. It's not always you. And whether I handle things differently, not everyone handles it the same. But I always try to be the best version of myself and the most kind and and caring because no matter how busy I get, if I even forget to like reach out to a friend for four days, like I feel horrible. You know what I mean? It's like you just want to help and you want to be caring. And I I think if you have that feeling in your heart that you want to help something like learning about, you know, even issues like homelessness or or racism and, and things like that, they're all intertwined and you know, even myself, I think another big reason why getting into helping those with homeless kind of came like easily to me is that I grew up very diverse, obviously, like my mom is Italian, Irish, and my dad's from Jamaica. So it's like, I grew up kind of obviously different than than a lot of the kids that I was around. And, you know, through these travels and learning about different cultures, like it's something that just came naturally about helping those in need. Because, you know, like, obviously there's people that may not be as kind or they may be, you know, a little bit prejudiced or or things like that. So 
I think that when you see these different people, it makes me appreciate what I do even more. Yes, 100%. So do you mind sharing with us maybe a story about someone you've met through your journey working with the homelessness issue from someone that people wouldn't expect? I know you shared your grandpa, but I know you mentioned like there's anyone that can be homeless, like hockey players or like regular people. Who's someone that has impacted you the most that you've met? So someone that's actually impacted me the most is through Haven Toronto. There's a man who, he basically shared a story that left him feeling like he had lost hope. And it was something that made him embarrassed. It made him feel extremely insecure. And it made him question who he was as a person. And it's something that someone may look at and think, it's not that big of a situation. But in someone's life like this, it is, you know, something that's quite significant. So this one man, basically, he went to a, like, diner or something. So he works at Haven Toronto. Um, I guess they give him, like, a little bit of money for helping out, like, whether it's, like, sorting or something like that, I, I believe is what they had said. And he saved up enough money to go have a nice meal, like a nice little breakfast at a diner. He goes into this diner and it's not even about how he looked necessarily. Like he didn't look anything like extremely dirty or anything like that. Like that someone may be like, oh, you know, in these restaurants. So he went in there, he sat down and had his meal and, and whatnot. And halfway through, like he smokes. So he went outside to have a cigarette and a worker there, she came out and dumped hot coffee on him. What? Yeah. And she basically, in so many words, said, we do not want you here. Do you know what and- diner this is so we could cancel it? <laughs> I don't know which diner this is. And they told me the story. So I really don't want, I really don't want to get this wrong. So I'm not even going to say names. No, it's fine. Uh, but that's but horrible. It's disgusting. It's really bad. And I'm like, this happens. <laughs> like, you know, like, I was like, people actually are this like crazy to do that. And I can't even imagine that. Like, yeah. what? I'm like, what is it? Like, is it throwing off your aesthetic? Like, your restaurant aesthetic? Like, really? Someone saved up enough money to dine there. They're a customer. Like, you treat them with respect. And so he felt so bad about himself after that. Obviously. And he was, like, sobbing and everything. And I'm like, you know what? Like, imagine if that were you. No one likes, like, feeling as if someone's holding you to, like, a lower standard, I feel like. Exactly. That, like, that's the lowest of the low to dump something on someone. Like, you know, you're, you're lucky that's, like, not me, you know what I mean? That person should be fired, honestly. Like, that's exactly. disgusting and inhumane. Yeah, and, and and this kind of stuff, like, happens. And I've seen videos on the internet before of, of homeless people. Like, someone will literally, like, bring someone with homelessness, like, into even, like, a McDonald's. I, there was this one clip, I think it was recent, and someone had this guy, like, in a McDonald's or something like that and bought him breakfast. And, like, someone called the cops. Like, the cop showed up trying to escort him out. Wow. Like, did he not just buy your food? You know, it's that same thing. And so those are the types of stories that like, I feel like they like just like fuel me even more to not even just get these people what they need, but to provide like a lesson almost to people that just don't understand or they're hoping to understand because there's some people that are genuinely interested. And there's also people that I went to school with when I went to university, I was at U of T and there was a student because I made every day's homeless day a club um, at my campus And there was a student that came up to me and he's like, listen, I've been struggling financially to pay bills. I am going through a hard time. And I was like, 
these are things that they don't talk about. I feel like with, and you know, obviously there's like student debt and stuff, but this kid had actually experienced like homelessness. And I feel like when you're, when you go to, to school or anything, like people just assume that you have money or, or something or that you can mm. afford it. Yeah. And not everyone is from the same walk of life. And so when I heard that story as well, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm learning something new every day. And even at this age, like, like you wouldn't expect that, like your colleague or your peer to have like that issue. And he, and he literally had like tears in his eyes. Like, you know, I I, I would just like set up tables and I would put like, I would make posters and I would put like facts or, and then I'd put something about Haven Toronto and and women's habitat of Etobicoke and, and, you know, talk about what they do and, and violence and, and domestic abuse and all these different, you know, topics that are kind of taboo. Um, I would discuss that and these kids would come up and they would have such an interest in, in giving back. And, and that one, that one student, when he kind of looked like he was ready to cry, I was like, wow, like, you know, this shows that what I'm doing is making a change. And, you know, there was like a hundred kids in this club and whether or not they, you know, came out to events, it, yeah. showed, it showed at least the interest, you the know, interest. Yeah, exactly. That people are willing to learn and become better. Yeah. And so that's something like, even for me, like, obviously like I don't get paid for this. Like I, this is something I do hundred percent in my free time, hundred percent to make a difference. And it makes me feel like what I'm doing is 10 times better, you know? Yeah. And there, and it's good that you're spreading that awareness because some people are just too ignorant. And I actually wanted to share quickly a story that kind of impacted my life and the way I see things. Um, whenever I'm like sad or something, I try to think back to this. Obviously it's hard because like I'm only human, but I always try to remind myself of the story. And it's kind of fits into the whole hidden homelessness thing. One time I was really sad. I was going through a hard time and I was going to my friend's birthday and I was trying to like be happy just because it's supposed to be like a happy thing and I didn't want to be like a Debbie Downer or whatever. So I got into the Uber and the Uber driver saw I was like a little sad, I think. So he started talking to me and I always love talking to Uber drivers because I always learn something personally. I always learn something from every Uber ride I've ever had. Um, obviously if they don't want to talk, don't talk to them, but you could tell, you could (laughs) see the vibe. And even sometimes they would tell me like the fact that I said hello to them made their day because some people don't even say hello and they treat them like they're like entitled to the ride when it's that person's car and that person's belongings. You know what I mean? Exactly. So we started talking and I asked him, oh, like, is this something you do part-time or full-time? And he said full-time. I don't remember exactly, but there's like a limit to how long you could drive. 10 to 12 hours a day I might be wrong don't quote me but anyways he would like drive that limit which is like exhausting can you imagine driving for that long non-stop and I don't know how it happened but he just started telling me about like he immigrated to Canada from Somalia and he left his family behind and when he came here he was very poor he couldn't get a job like it's hard for me to get like a job sometimes especially yeah. like now like even new grads every like everyone it's like difficult it's not an easy thing to get a job you apply to like 100 places you hear back from one mm-hmm. anyway so this man was having a hard time finding a job and he was actually homeless and he told me how he was outside in the cold and he was going to shelters and a woman gave him a jacket and that literally like made his day and the whole winter for him because he would have been freezing and eventually he did get a job where he was washing dishes at a restaurant and he was only being paid, I think, 600 a month, I, something like wow. that. Very low. But you know what he did with half of that 600? No. He would give it back to his family. Aww. So he, this man only had like 300 a month. 
So he was in a very, very tough spot. He did get some food from the restaurant, but like you can imagine how much hard labor it is to wash all the dishes and being paid so little, being homeless, having all the stresses on mm-hmm. you of like finding shelter, finding bed, finding food, all those things, and still giving half of your money back to your family. They didn't ask him for it. He just felt like it was his duty to do that. And then he told me that eventually he got a job where he worked up north as a fisherman i think like in northwest territories or yukon or somewhere like that and they paid quite a bit for that but he told me there was days when he'd be snowed in and stuck for a week or something without being able to get food because like the conditions there were harsh he literally couldn't leave the house because it was like snowed in so he told me like he had more money now but it's almost like it wasn't worth it because he couldn't even do anything or like go anywhere so eventually I don't know what happened. He got the job as an Uber driver and now he works insane hours driving nonstop. And he literally told me that he doesn't even have a bed. He sleeps on a mattress and still gives half the money to his family. And I was just like shocked that this person could be so selfless and have the mental strength to endure all this. And he said, I'd rather sleep on the floor and know my family back home is okay than keep all the money myself. And to me, that was like such a selfless act. And I was just curious and I just asked him, I was like, do they know? Do they know what you've been through? Like, do they know that you were homeless and like this is half of your pay and everything like that? And he said no. That happens a lot too, I find. Yeah. He didn't want to tell them. He didn't want to burden them with that information. Like he loved his family, his sisters and his mom so much that he didn't want them to know he's not okay because as soon as they found out that he wouldn't be okay, they would probably be like, no, like, don't send any money, like, things like that. You know what I mean? So he was willing to sacrifice for them and, like, he loved them so much and he kept telling me how he can't wait until the day that he visits them again. And maybe one day he'll tell them, he said. He doesn't know. See, that is, like, I feel like that's when you learn a lot about people, I think, because sometimes when you have these conversations and I find that that selflessness is something that, I see quite a bit with those who are struggling. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen these mini clips on YouTube or like Instagram or whatever it is. And it's like someone will like accidentally, like obviously it's like recorded, like it's been pre-planned. They'll like drop a wallet full of cash in front of someone facing homelessness. And the person will literally get up and like run to them and say, you drop this. And then the person will thank them and give them money. But I'm like, the fact that someone is literally at, a very low point financially and they can't sustain themselves. They can barely even get a meal and someone just drops a wad of cash basically. And and they still will not take it. That's something that really touches me as well. Me too. Because like, again, these aren't bad people. They're good people. They just have had bad luck, unfortunate circumstances, weren't dealt the right cards. Yeah. And I just hate that. Like they're stereotyped. Even this man, like he, he was homeless, but it's not that he couldn't work or isn't hardworking or isn't humble. He's all these things and yeah. he eventually got a job and he's okay, but still like he's okay, but he's working 12 hours a day because he doesn't have the opportunity, the same opportunity we have exactly. or like someone who's been here their whole life or someone whose family is well-established, et cetera, et cetera. Cause connections at the end of the day are really important and like oh, not really? everyone has them. Yep. And that's why oftentimes, like, when we we accomplish things on our own, like, we feel so much better. At least I do sometimes. Like, you know, even through networking, like, if I happen to know someone who could get me a job, but if I, you know, go through the whole process of getting myself a job, like, I feel like, wow, I really accomplished that. And it's, 
it's kind of that same thing. Like no matter what you were dealt with, little things can mean so much to someone. And so that's why it's just so important to almost make this a part of your everyday life. Like even if it's in the back of your mind, like if you listen to this and, you know, maybe you won't listen to this and think that, but if you listen to this and maybe you look at someone differently that you may see on the street than you did before, like that right there is, is enough change to really spark something. And I think even if you do your own research and then you kind of come up with a place maybe that you'd like to support or anything small makes the biggest difference. And I think that that's something I just like, I can't stress enough. I know you can't stress it enough. Yeah. Um, It's just really important. So let's just stop being complacent. Like just even spreading awareness, like even that, even reposting something. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about something that kind of bothers me and I wanted to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah. People videotaping them doing things. That person didn't give you the consent to videotape and like post it. And it bothers me when people do that because it's almost like taking advantage. Most times they probably don't care. But at the same time, it's like taking away their rights in a way. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I'm on the same page as you. I think ask someone because I know if someone was videotaping me and I was in the background, I would not like it. And I think it's also kind of like the guy that you're talking about with Uber. Like there's people that don't even know people are struggling and some people don't want people to know that they're struggling. I see a lot of influencers do that. And it kind of like drives me nuts a little bit. It's different. For example, like I saw like Brad Pitt was going to like deliver meals and like, that was like the paparazzi taking those pictures. Like he just intended on going like on his own. But when I see like influencers, for example, and they'll create a whole video and they'll like clickbait it. Like I changed a life. And I'm like, why are you clickbaiting? Like, why is this a clickbait situation? And then they'll go and like give. And then, you know, oftentimes too, sometimes like I feel like the heartfelt part of it isn't even there. It's more about just making themselves look good. Yeah, exactly. I understand it brings awareness, but just like make sure if you're doing that, you get consent. Exactly. Like, I think it's a great idea in a way. Like, and I know why some people do it. And I think sometimes it gets lost in translation and people might do it for the wrong reasons. But definitely like there's no harm in ever asking someone for consent. I personally never take videos or anything I will only take pictures with for example like if there's a board member there like you know for example there's one man that I deal with who helps me like facilitate getting these donations to those in need and so if I take a photo with him or a woman there who out front of their place like I'll do that but I definitely like I don't take photos of the clients I don't even ask half the time Uh, that's like a personal preference too like if you want to ask ask like if you want to get a photo I just don't because that's not something I like to do. But yeah, like I definitely, like you said, like I think asking for consent, there's never anything wrong in that, especially when it comes to videos, pictures, anything. It's there's like, just other ways to spread awareness. That's all. Yeah. It's like if, if someone like takes a picture of you and you're with a group of friends and you feel like you look really bad, you're going to be like, don't post that. But they yeah. don't have the opportunity to say that. Yeah, exactly. Like don't post people when they're at their worst. That's exactly. All. Like so, they're not objects. And I, I think that's another thing. It's like, I feel like oftentimes too, like if I'm explaining something about someone facing homeless or something, like the way that people will, you know, talk about them with me, I'm like, they're not an alien. They're human. They're just like you and I, they're just going through something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't like to be a person that's like, you know, don't ever use that language. Cause like, we're all guilty of using language too. And I think the world changing, like maybe that isn't like necessarily appropriate anymore, but something that's a big no, no is do not say the word hobo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do people still say that? Yeah. And another big thing, and I would encourage anyone to never do this, is never dress up as a homeless person for Halloween. 
I, I, do people do that? Because like I've that's... seen people do it. I mean, they did it last year. I don't think they're really doing it anymore. I think that's we've so weird. It's kind of like making fun of someone. It's 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 like the equivalent of someone like like making fun of you. You know what I mean? Like for how you dress or something, and like dressing up as you, like, and you don't like it. Like yeah. it's, it's the same thing. It's just it's inappropriate, I think, and it's something that the places I've worked with, like they've tried to to change. And and a big thing with them right now is just stigmas, and that's something I'm I'm trying to actually focus more on is changing these stigmas and the stereotypes and everything. Um, even more so than just trying to get donations. Like I think I'm trying to take a different approach. There's work that needs to be done, even in terms of like indigenous communities that we often don't hear about and their conditions and poverty and, and things like this. It's just like, I'm trying to almost kind of start small and then grow it into something big. If I could help every charity in the world, I would. I mean, you're only one person and like, you have to give yourself grace. And like, obviously we could talk for like, there's so many issues in this world that don't have enough awareness and enough people talking about it. You're doing the best you can. And I really appreciate everything you're doing. I think you're a superwoman and you're amazing. And I wish there was more people like you. Obviously, if you could, you could clone yourself. I could clone myself. Like, you know, like like mini me's like doing everything. Yeah, exactly. And like you're doing way more than me. I don't even feel like I'm doing enough, but anything helps at the end of the day. Like whatever you could do is what you could do. Exactly. And even you doing this this podcast, you're bringing attention to something like that is bigger than anything. I think oftentimes bringing awareness to something is even greater than donating. Because if you can bring awareness and you could change someone's opinion on a matter, it is life changing. Yeah. And I really wanted to focus on this even now, just because I know with the pandemic, domestic abuse, homelessness, all these things have increased. And obviously everyone's going through a hard time, but like, this is a time when we need to unite and help each other out. Exactly. And it's just really crucial to do that. I think now, and especially to like, I always find, I always get a little bit more um, like sentimental slash emotional when the weather starts to change, right. especially when that first snowfall hits and I look outside or like nights like this, it's like what, four, four forty six PM and it's almost dark out. And I think to myself, that person who's sleeping on the streets, are they okay? And I always get a little bit almost like emotional this time of year because this is when I want to do even more. And I've had so many people like recently even reach out as a part of this Canadian winter survival kits, even people I don't know, or people I haven't spoken to since high school. And they have literally dropped off donations. I've gone and picked up donations. They've expressed interest. And to me, like that means more to me than anything. Like, even if you don't have the means to give right now, or you want to give in four months or six months, like hearing that you're interested or or even reading what I'm putting out there, it makes all the more difference. A hundred percent. And like, as you said, as like things are exploding now with this problem, it's just sad to see like even people that are trying to help sometimes are not getting the support they need. Something recently that has been in the news is uh, the Toronto Carpenter. His name is Khalil Sievright. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But he tried to build shelters for unhoused people because the shelters right now are overflowing and places are closed before maybe they could hide in like some spots like some buildings like and things like that but now everything is closed with lockdown so they have nowhere to go and the city of toronto issued him a warning letter threatening to take legal actions against this man so to me like things like that is just disgusting that's not how a community acts like this one man is doing all this to help and he's not being supportive and he's not getting the support he needs yeah 
like to put together all of these materials and your skills, obviously, to create this kind of community for those in need or, and create these shelters, especially when you look outside and the weather's getting like this and it's turning into literally like freezing winter. That is something that really upsets me. And when I saw this article, that's something that really bugged me because, for example, like I saw, I think it was on Twitter, was like John Tory had um, a tweet, right? Like proclaiming yeah, National tweeted. Housing Day or something. Yes. And then he put like, for Housing Day, we're going to light the, what is it, like the Toronto thing red. Yeah. And I'm like, that came, what, a few hours after you threatened this guy who's actually trying to do something for housing. And that's another thing. Like, this is why I'm all about these small initiatives like you had mentioned before. It's like, in the case of this, like, look at the difference that that one man is making, you know, with the help of others. And look at, like, what these little donations they add up to. It doesn't need to be something that's big because oftentimes, like, the government cannot obviously solve homelessness in one day. They have the resources to do something. But at the same time, if certain things aren't going to be done, me as a person who's sensitive and caring, I have to take it upon myself. Even if it's something as like small as donating like five toothbrushes to some place. And for this guy to do that, something that I love that they did though, was they, uh, did you see that they went to I guess like where John Tory lives, like in the condos and they started building, like putting stuff there. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. You ha- you'll have to like look it up. I don't know the whole, like exactly about it. I, I kind of like saw it um, briefly, but they were like starting to build stuff right out front of his condominium. And I thought wow. like, what, what a great way to kind of like, uh, what's the word? Like clap back type of thing. But well, yeah, like don't be all talk and no action. Exactly. Things that I find, especially with this and, and even issues of racism is like, Sometimes too, like I think at the time, um, you know, things are overwhelming and you know what, I'm happy to see that it's overwhelming because I think for so many years, these issues have been swept under the rug and they just cannot anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even with homelessness, like something I try to do is make information short and sweet in a sense. So like I will post something with like a simple fact. So something like the 235,000 people experience homelessness each year. And I'll like immediately get a DM going like, what? Like, I want to help. And I find it's the way that I project these, you know, these facts and and the messages. Exactly. And I think something else that I do, and and it's something that I encourage, like, if you want to start, if anyone listening wants to start their own initiative, even if it's something for environmental rights, animal rights, like another human rights, like anything like that, what's important is if you want people to donate, like whether it's money or whether it's, you know, items, you're better to just pull at their heartstrings and go after the emotional side of people versus kind of like asking them for money all the time or asking people to believe. And oftentimes it's something like you're going to come across people no matter what cause you're promoting that will not believe what you're saying and they will not condone it. They will never agree. Like I could tell someone right now, I could give them this whole spiel. Someone could listen to this entire podcast and at the end say, you know what? I still think that someone facing homelessness is lazy. Yeah. There's some people you just can't change. You can't get them all for sure. But the one thing I like to do is explain it with facts, keep it short and sweet. Cause then there's some people that, you know, maybe not that they didn't care, but they just didn't know. And when I said something like, you know, even a, just a simple kind of fact like that, or even about like hidden homelessness, or you give them like a little number or how many people like sleep on the streets in Toronto alone every night they will see that one fact and then they'll be like, I, they'll email me even like it's attached to my page and they'll say like, I want to know more. 
And I'm like, wow, you know, like they may not have thought about this before, but they're thinking about it now. And that I'm grateful too, because I never want someone who hasn't done anything, has never donated or doesn't know to feel like I'm ever calling them ignorant or anything. Because you know what? There's often times that I was the term ignorant at times too, thinking about it. Like, look at when I said that one time when I was young and I was like, she doesn't look homeless, you know, it's that same thing. We're all guilty of being ignorant in some way. Exactly. Not perfect, but all we can do is be better than we were yesterday. Exactly. So I never want to be the type of person to be like, you know, you're all ignorant and it's never the case. And there's oftentimes too, like, I'm passionate about this cause, but I may not know something about, for example, maybe something that's happening in a sweatshop that someone else may know a lot about. And I know that there's been a lot kind of resurfacing with, with issues like that. I saw something about North Face with that. So you know, whether it's true or not, whatever the case may be, just because it's my passion, there could be someone else that could educate me on something. So, well, that's why we could all learn from each other. We all have our callings our gifts our uniqueness. So, I mean, if we all try to be better people and we all try to do at least one thing to make the world better then we could all learn from each other. And that's the point, right? We are on this earth with others and we should help each other as much as we can. Exactly. And it's like, definitely do what you're comfortable with. Exactly. No pressure. Exactly. And like you said, you know, like if someone's on the street and you don't want to go up to them, there's times where I don't feel comfortable. Like if it's later at night, for example, like nothing even against the person, I don't necessarily want to approach them all the time. But if someone has a welcoming enough face and and you feel comfortable approaching them. And there's people around. Yeah. Then do it. And if you, and if you don't feel comfortable, then don't do it. You just kind of have to feel out the vibe. Yeah. And I encourage everyone to do that because, you know, not everything is safe and it's good to kind of be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. And that's why charities exist. Also, if you want to donate through a charity or something, like obviously do your research on the charity to make sure it's like legit and like you like what they stand for. So I'm going to have all of Lara's links. You guys could like research and donate where you feel comfortable. If you don't want to donate, that's okay too. Even just listening to this podcast, learning more is something. So we really appreciate it. I know it's really amazing. Like quickly too, like some of the links like that I'll provide on the page, like for Haven Toronto, at least they actually will have little sections. So you can choose, like, even if you, if you're going to give a monetary donation and it's probably the same for, for the ones that you're promoting, but you could say like a new jacket, new boots, you could say you could provide meals for a week. Like there's all different options. So you know where your money is going, if that's ever a concern. Exactly. So do your research. Um, always don't just take our word for it and make the best decision for you. But what we're promoting are things that we believe in and things that we think are making a difference and are safe. So again, feel free to like do your own research, but we wouldn't promote something if we didn't believe in it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on here and talking about the issue as well as helping inform people and educate people and also help them figure out what kind of things they could do to help if that's something they want to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on as well. It was a lot of fun. And it's yeah. you know, it's great to learn more about you and, and kind of the things that you've done with with homelessness and, and, you know, the awareness that you're bringing to so many issues and not just with homelessness. I think it's great. Thank you so much. And before we end off, I just want to give you the opportunity to plug anything that you're working on. I know you also have your own business and you're doing a lot of amazing things. And you guys, if you want to follow her and support her and what she's doing, please do that. She's an amazing woman and someone that I truly look up to. So yeah, let us know where we could find you. Yeah. So on Instagram for every day is homeless day. It's literally at every day is homeless day. 
you know, all lowercase. So that's simple. And I have an online store where I sell jewelry and accessories. It's called Lavolia, but you can find it on Instagram at shop Lavolia and you can find it on Etsy at www.lavolia.etsy.com. Amazing. I'm wearing one of the clips I bought from your shop right now and I love it. <laughs> I love those clips. I just sold a few more the other day. But um, every time they sell, I'm like, I kind of want to keep one. So maybe I will. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, they are really good. And I can't believe how you juggle everything. It's truly amazing. And girl, I'm proud of you. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I really hope you learned something new today and that you're more passionate about homelessness than you were yesterday. As always, I'm going to have all the links in the description. So whether that is you want to follow Lara on any of her social medias or you want to access certain resources or support the organizations that we support as well, it's all going to be in the description. Thank you again for listening and I hope you guys have an awesome day and I'll see you next time. Bye.